Greeting Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Kevin Meckley joined with me as always is Andrew Payne and Nick Schwartz. And let's start with the lead here, boys. If you're getting off work, six o'clock, you're jumping in your car and you are ready to commiserate about that Tyreek Hill trade. Well, I got bad news for you. We are burying the you know what out of that lead. And we are talking for the next hour about the real story of March, and that is <laughs> that the Jayhawks are in the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2018. Andrew, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I, I think that there's a lot of feelings to be had about the Jayhawks reaching the Sweet 16. Probably chief among them is relief. Mm. And, and that's unfortunate. Like, we are a program that just expects this. So when you get there, it is just a big relief. But we survived. We advanced. <laughs> what, what are all How many rest? more cliches right. can we fit in we here? We are still dancing. Still dancing. We, how, how, sweet, how sweet is oh, it? How sweet, how sweet it does is. it feel, guys? Oh, how dance. sweet it is. Mm. Uh, but anyway, I, I feel good. Like, this was a weekend where I don't think it was our best basketball. But in the end, it doesn't matter doesn't matter because we've got a game on Friday that uh, I feel good about. And this we're still here. It's like this could be a day where I wouldn't want to talk about basketball at all. No, but it is a day where I want to talk a lot about basketball. <laughs> it's a night. Are. It's a one hour. Dusty Likens, by the way, if you are fiending for more Tyreek Hill Chiefs trade reaction, Dusty Likens will be on the word. The, the dirty werewolf from seven to nine o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio. But you know what I want to talk about? Before we get into the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, a potential Final Four berth, that's all coming. We're going to talk to John Fanta, college basketball on Fox, field of 68. He's the voice of the Big East. But before we do any of that, can we just talk about one guy? Hmm. The guy who we weren't supposed to talk about? Who is it? Who's that? Don't make me say it. Don't huh? make me say it. Kevin, I want you to say it. Huh? Because, Kevin, you're the one who instituted the rule that we don't talk about this guy. So who? I want to hear you say his name. <laughs> who are we going to talk about? You son of a... Say his name. Who are, gonna, who are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Remy Martin. That's yes, right. You're damn we right we are. are. All right, fine. We'll talk about Remy Martin. What do you want to talk about Remy Martin? Uh, Where do we begin? 20 points, seven rebounds. You know, that's just starting off with a little appetizer. But I think the uh, the, the encore, the, the, the entree of this whole conversation is we don't win against Creighton without Remy Martin. Yeah, I don't think we do either. That was a game that had the full Remy experience. The full Remy experience, right? The first half. You get, you get the good Remy. You get the Remy that shows up. You get the Remy that runs Remy offense, not Bill Self offense. That runs Remy offense. And you know how what would we needed you in that game? Yeah. How would you we describe needed, Remy offense? We needed Remy offense. Remy offense is we're gonna call a play from the sideline. We're gonna make a or Self's gonna yell something out. He's gonna do a, a some sort of gesture. They're gonna walk up the court and make that gesture. All the guys on the court are gonna do the same thing. Hey, gesture, gesture. That's we're running this play. We're running this play. And then Remy sees an angle and he goes. Or Remy takes a season opening and he shoots. That's Remy offense. But you know what? Nothing else was working. Remy offense is exactly what we needed. And Remy brought it. He did bring it. So, I mean, uh, didn't start. I mean, Wando had the same uh, strategy. We brought him in and, and 
they had a plan for Wando. They were going to lay off of him and really clog those driving lanes, which you saw the whole game frustrated Ochai, which frustrated CB. Uh, but it didn't frustrate Remy. They laid off of Remy when he came in about the 14-minute mark great. and just killed him. Well, you know, I think at some point human nature kicks in when you're being left open on every possession. And when you're Dewan Harris and you're not used to being uh, a go-to scorer, at some point you say, are they really going to leave me open on every possession? This feels weird. There's no way our game plan was me taking 20 shots in this game. I don't like that. But you know who does <laughs> like it? Yeah. You know who you. sign up for that every single day? <laughs> Remy Martin. He came in and said, you're not going to guard me? Because I was going to shoot it even if you were. Yeah. And now that you're not, you just made my life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. And gentlemen, we've seen this game before many times. Like we as a fan base have this collective memory that's, you know, full of a lot of great moments, but also full of a lot of trauma. And that trauma is a lot of three-pointers going in from the other team, and that was happening, and nothing working offensively, and we usually lose those games. We saw our superstars have a bit of a slump, yeah. maybe even just kind of average, but not enough to win. Let's look at Ochai. Uh, you know, 15 points, sure, great, but on 5 of 14 shooting. And nothing in the first half. And nothing. Yeah, and nothing. Jalen Wilson, you know, great stat line if you just look at it from 14 and 4, also went 5 for 14. Those two guys shooting that, you're not going to win many games. He looked uncomfortable, and Dave didn't have a great game either. Jalen looked specifically uncomfortable in the first half when they were clogging driving lanes. That's his game, right? Yeah. Getting down into the teeth of the defense, drawing a foul, just sort of playing that physical, scrappy game. And he just didn't look like he was ready for the defensive game plan that Creighton brought. The only thing that made me feel good about that game, we're sitting there at halftime. They made a barrage of three-pointers. They make eight threes in the first half. Eight for 11. Eight for 11 from three. You're going two things. One, they got to cool off, right? Yeah. And two, come back to the mean. we're right. still winning. Right. That was the craziest part. They shot eight of 11 from three, Andrew. This is, this is not something this team does. So you had to feel good about KU. Now, look, we got up nine. You start feeling real good. JCL hits that three. And then all of a sudden, we're back to one possession again. Oh, the heart man. attack Hawks returned. But you know what? Like you said, Andrew, survive, advance. That's what they did. It feels good. KU avoided nuclear disaster. We took the punch. We've taken this punch before and it's knocked us out in the tournament. Does that count as taking the punch? If you get knocked out, did you take the punch? Yeah. We, you, we took yeah. the punch you now. You took the punch because you got back up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But in the past, they take a punch. But in the past, they didn't get back up. No, they did not get back uh, up. They didn't no. get back up versus VCU. They didn't get back up versus Wichita State. Keep going. There's a long okay. list here. Oregon. <laughs> okay. Villanova. Uh, Villanova. Probably the biggest Auburn, punch. Yes. USC. I mean, you can go back even further if you want to talk Bradley in 2006. KU, it, there's no team in the country that has went into the NCAA tournament and faced more teams just going thermonuclear from three and that ending their season. But this felt like getting over the hump. This felt like being able to withstand that. And now that you've gotten that out of the way, there's a sense of relief that it's not going to happen again. What right? if this is it? What if that right? was the only three-point barrage we see this whole tournament? Is this the Roy Williams getting the monkey off of your back moment? Thank him. <laughs> Thank him. That's the monkey's name. We got him off our back. Like, maybe that's it. 
We can, and you know what? Team we, of we were able to do this because we brought in Remy. I think that we, we lose this game if Wando has to play 35 minutes if, or, if, or if Yesifu has to come And, and that's just it. Right. Ochai and Dave, your two go-to scorers, can have off nights. Jalen Wilson can have an off night. That's usually how your season ends. But you had this kid come off the bench, give you 29 minutes, and was unstoppable. I mean, they, w- they went on a 7 nothing run in a minute and two seconds once Remy came in the game. Those are things that most teams are missing. Most Kansas teams are missing. That spark plug off the bench. And it's so funny that all year we talked about Remy, Remy, Remy. Then we said, you know what? We're so tired of talking about him. We're not even going to talk about him anymore. Bill Self, you could tell, was tired of talking about it. And yet here we are at the most critical juncture of the season. And he won you a game and is the reason you're moving on. He's a six man. He is the Joe Yesifu of last year. Joe Yesifu comes off the bench for... For, That's a uh, little disrespectful. For, yeah. Listen, but he averaged 29 points a game down the stretch. They won. They didn't even make it to the second round. Listen, did they? that wasn't that wasn't his fault. Was that his <laughs> fault? Do you think that you think that was his? You think that's why he's not there? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's different with him. I mean, I I feel for Yesifu. Like he has been in this spot. And he scored a bunch of points. He's seeing Remy play his role. And now he, you know, gets two quick turnovers and gets yanked. He's out. You know, it's, <laughs> this is this is Remy's time. All right. So we talked about Remy. Now it's time to talk about Providence. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the Friars. I know one man who is. He has been dubbed the voice of Big East basketball. Mm. His name is John Fanta. And he joins us coming up next on 610 Sports Radio. All right, we're on to Providence. I'm Nick Schwert with Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, Nolan Brooks. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio. So KU goes from one Big East opponent in Creighton to another in Providence. Now, Providence, we've heard the stories. They're the luckiest team in America. They're the most overrated four seed in America. KU got an easy draw because Providence is the four seed in their region. I don't know what to believe. Let's set the record straight. John Fanta from Fox does the college basketball coverage also on the field of 68 network. And he joins us now on 610 sports radio, John, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing tonight, man? Guys, good evening. It's great to be with you and to be talking about this game. I'm, I am fascinated about this matchup in general, because I think both coaches have brought it up and I would have to agree. I think the two teams mirror each other from a matchup standpoint. What do you mean by that? Well, I think Providence's best defender is Justin Minaya, and he will guard Ochai Agbaji, and Minaya has led the Big East of any individual player in field goal percentage defense this season. So that's a really interesting dynamic to the matchup, because if Agbaji wins that matchup, then Kansas could very well win this game. I expect Minaya to make it hard on Agbaji, and I think the other element to this matchup is that Nate Watson is a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award finalist. He's had a great season for the Friars. But Kansas has David McCormick. And if McCormick plays the way he's capable of, then, then Kansas could give Providence some real issues because if you have single-man coverage on Watson, it's going to make it hard for Providence to, to generate offense consistently. But I think the team's, from a matchup standpoint, have a lot of interesting one-on-one matchups within the game itself. I think the differentiating factor is tempo. If Kansas gets transition, they're winning this game. If Providence makes it a half-court game, the Friars can win this game themselves. 
Thanks for joining us, John. This is Kevin. I got a question for you here. Look, we've heard this lucky narrative. We've heard the, the be them dudes. And we've heard the divine providence. Talk to us about this team this year. Give us a little backdrop. Give us the 30 seconds on what the heck providence has done this season. Because we keep hearing those things in, in Kansas land. Are they a lucky team? Well, Providence is a closing team. They're 11 and two in games decided by five points or less. They know how to close out an opponent. It's in their DNA this season. It's who they are. And that's what they've done all season long. People call them lucky because they play a lot of close games and find a way to win. I, I think there's something to that. It's not just luck. You have to be able to execute down the stretch. And Ed Cooley runs Al Skinner's flex offense and he runs it quite well. That, that's, that's what they like to do late in a game is they'll break it down with that offense. But for me, the story of this season is their top seven players are the average age is 23. That's older than the Oklahoma City Thunder. So get old and stay old is what Mike Bray always says. Providence is that to a T. It's who they are. They've gotten old. They brought in transfers, guys that were counted out at various times in their career. And they kind of are an extension of Ed Cooley, of their coach. And that's why this team has pieced it together at the right time. Yeah, do, what, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you think that they are playing their best they've played all year right now? Yes, no question about it. I think this is the best basketball they've played all year. And that goes back to experience. You know, you're, you're playing Creighton. You're trying to win the school's first regular season championship in the Big East. <clears throat> and you put together your best home performance of the season, and you run Creighton off the floor. Last week, you're the team that everyone thinks is going to get upset. And you thoroughly outplay both teams for the most part. South Dakota State put up a late run, but it was all for none. So for me, yes, to answer your question, Providence is playing the best that they have in the entire season. And that's a credit to an experienced roster that understands what it takes to win. So I, I think it's, it's no coincidence that this team has put it together at the right time. But at this point now, Providence walks into the United Center. They have nothing to lose. You know, they, they have nothing to lose on Friday night. That's the way they're thinking. Nobody had them getting this far. Even though they were a fourth seed, people had doubts. People thought they, they wouldn't be able to handle it. So I'm really intrigued to see the dynamic of this game and the way Providence comes out. Because one big thing is they've gotten off to good starts in each of their tournament wins thus far. Can Kansas establish the tone? When teams have done that, Providence also lost by 32 to Marquette this year and got run off the floor in the Big East tournament by Creighton. But they've gotten off to good starts. They've been prepared for these games, and they've outplayed their opponent in these games. And credit where it's due, this team's come ready to play in the NCAA tournament. John, I know you've earned the nickname the uh, the voice of the Big East by some of your cohorts, but I know you're a, a college basketball fan through and through. And Kansas, yes. Kansas, I would argue, is also playing their best basketball of the season in large part because of the emergence of Remy Martin as a legit difference maker and shot maker. And, and I mean, he, he's, he's filling the void that Kansas wanted to fill when they went out and got him. So I, on paper, as, as tough as Creighton is and as much as they close – it does feel like from a talent perspective, especially with the addition of Remy Martin, that they, they might be a little outmatched when it comes to this version of Kansas. Yes, absolutely. And if Remy Martin continues to play at the level that he's been at for Kansas, Kansas is going to win this game. 
Because for Kansas, the biggest question all season has been point guard play. DeWan Harris, he's not an elite guard. He's not. So for Martin to unleash a different level of their offense this season has been huge. It's been a game changer because it gives them a different feel. It gives them a different layer. And if Martin keeps going, guys, Remy Martin on his best day is an All-American talent. So that's why we've seen Kansas put together their best basketball because the shot makers are there off the guard play. The, the complimentary shot makers are there, and Ochai Agbazi is as good as a wing comes. You add Martin in the equation, and they become that much more dangerous. All right. We're going to close with this one. John, who you got? Well, I'm, I'm going to pick Kansas. I, I think that they'll find a way to win this game. I think that, that they're a team that just has a completeness about them. And I think that they find a way because Remy Martin is in that group and David McCormick can control Nate Watson. And I think because of those things, Kansas finds a way to, to gut out a close game. I think it'll be close, but I like the Jayhawks shot makers late. John, appreciate the time. Thank you so much for uh, all your college basketball coverage. Thanks for bringing the energy to the sport and thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you guys for having me anytime. All righty. Thank you. That is John Fanta college basketball on Fox as well as the field of 68 network. Okay. So that was actually surprising to hear him pick Kansas at the end because I felt like the eight minutes preceding that pick was leading up to him picking Providence. That's what I got to. <laughs> I think the only takeaway I had, I thought he might pick KU was that he picked KU in a close game. That, that goes against narrative. Ed Cooley wins all the close games. Yeah, he's the voice. He's the vo- he believes in what Providence is doing this year. So I do too. Is that a reverse jinx situation? Oh, I here? like that. Wait, did you want him to pick Providence? I, I don't care. I did. What do you mean you don't care? I don't care. Like, what about <laughs> what about uh, do we need Baltimore material? Baltimore material motivation. Do we yeah. need John Fanta Baltimore Baltimore material? Is that what we needed? I know that is, the, was that the, is that the one thing KU needed. Kansas well, just got hurt. off the team bus in Chicago, but I'm assuming they've got somebody, an intern somewhere, listening to this show right now. Someone text CB and let them know that John Fanta picked Providence. We'll just make it up. <laughs> July. Yeah. <laughs> just make it up. <laughs> well, Remy Martin, or I, I did see a CBS graphic uh, where Ochai Baji was left off the top five players remaining. In there it is. Bulletin right, board, Ochai. You see that? You see that, Ochai? Now we're talking. Somebody thinks that you're not a top five player <laughs> remaining in the tournament. Okay, you heard... John Fanta's thoughts on Providence. That's great. What about our thoughts? We'll give them to you next. You're listening to Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Nick Schwartz with Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, and Nolan Brooks. If you'd like to join the show, you can do so on the Jay's Southland Toe Service text line 913-576-7610. Yes, we see your texts asking why we're not talking Tyreek Hill. It's because this is a college basketball show. It's March Madness, and we don't know how many of these weeks we have left. But that's why you cherish the ones you do. We joked last week. We didn't know if we'd be back here this week. Here we are. Nothing is – we missed a few cliches in the open. Um, nothing is guaranteed in March. Mm. Uh, is that a cliche or did I just make that up? I think up? you just made that up. All right, but it sounds good, right? I like it. Because it's true. Are one shining moments still coming? Okay, there we mm-hmm. go. Still you're, you're better at it than I am. Hey, no, okay. that's all I got. That's the last one. But, you know, this is the second time the NFL has tried to infringe upon March Madness. The second time. You have Tom Brady coming back to retirement on a selection Sunday. <sighs> and on uh, the Wednesday before the Sweet 16, Tyreek Hill gets traded. The nerve. 
The nerve, the nerve of this dare. league. Just wait until April, guys. But well, we, we have at least the next 30 minutes, then Dusty Likens taken over from 7 to 9 o'clock. Do you guys remember how just last week and even two weeks ago, we were talking about Kansas as a one seed, although nobody was really picking them to go to the Final Four, that it felt like it was this perfect storm of being in a great position, having a great resume, yet no pressure. No pressure to, went to hang a banner mm-hmm. now in Fieldhouse. It seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? That was a it? long time ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, it was all about spotlight, right? It was the, the national media guys were not, you know, making a lot of comments on us. They weren't being too hard on us or picking us too, a lot of too Auburn. much. You know, a lot of Auburn. A lot of now. Iowa. Uh, we've got the spotlight now. I mean, if you look at the, you know, re-picking the Sweet 16 games, I'm not sure I've seen anyone pick other than Kansas to make it. And that is terrifying. It is terrifying. We've been here before. We've seen this movie. You you take a peek behind the peek behind the game in front of you, and you you see a ten uh, and an eleven seed. Oh, you just peek behind uh, there and just see that. Terrifying. You can't not. You can't not do that. This is the trauma that this fan base has. I mean, think about it. You've got, and if we really want to go full conspiracy, let's do this. For good mojo, we'll talk about why all of the three teams remaining are so good. Okay. Um, okay. Iowa State, young, energetic coach. They've seen the Jayhawks twice. They know the scouting report. Hard to beat a team three times. True Cinderella. Like, if you're going to have a Cinderella from a a high major, it's going to be Iowa State this year. What about Miami, coached by Jim Laranega? Oh, what, uh, what? Let me think here. What's what's on the top of Jim Laranega's resume? He took George Mason to the Final Four. Hmm. Is there a bit of a revenge factor for Charlie Moore? Oh, oh Jim Laranega. You said it, not me. Jim Laranega called Charlie Moore his Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And, and then his Chris Paul. And then you've got Providence. You've got the Friars, the most the, experienced team in the tournament. Left. The, the most experienced team in the tournament. They, as John Fanta put it, they just never give up. They play hard. Play hard. They play hard, and they've had the most incredible resume in terms of comebacks and buzzer beaters and late runs and games they shouldn't have won but did. That's why they have been dubbed lucky. They have been an underdog per Vegas nine times this season. Guess what their record is just just straight up against the spread first. What do you think their record is? Have you seen this? Well, I, I can guess it's probably pretty good. So you said nine times. They've nine times they've been an underdog. I'm gonna guess they have six wins. Have you seen this? No. What's your guess? I'll get. I'll go five. Eight and one oh against the spread. Goodness. What about straight up? They were underdogs, right? Straight up. What do you think the number is? Well, knowing what I know now, yeah. what, what's I, the number? I've got some more data at my disposal. I'll say seven. I'll go. I'll go eight. Seven. Seven. Uh, Seven times they've won the game when they were underdogs wow. of the nine times. How about that? Wow. But they. But I've also been blown out. But by that's th- a lucky 30, team. A couple of It's a, it's a lucky team, uh, <laughs> and but they've got the most important statistic, and, and that's wins. They mm, did win. Well the, said. The Big East. I this. Guess. This is uh, uh, the winner of the Big East going against the winner of the Big 12. No matter where this takes place, no matter what tournament, the winner of the Big East is playing the winner of the Big 12. That's going to be a big match. Ken Pomeroy has a different feeling about yes, that. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Pom- Ken he cares has- not for your storylines. Yeah. He cares not for the W's. He cares about the efficiency metrics. Style and- points are real. Yeah. Yes. I agree. So W's matter, but not not to Kid Pomeroy. Kid Pomeroy <laughs> has him thirty third, thirty third. Right. I mean, so 
we said all these great things about our draw. And the draw, I mean, it looks really good. It's chalky, though. It, it's ch- Right now, it's chalky for KU. Right now, it's... It, Feels so pretty far, chalky so far. Well, we had the nine seed That's in true. Creighton. You know, the four seed. It feels tough on paper, if you haven't watched a ton of Providence, to come up with a reason as to what makes them such a good team. Because I'm looking at their I'm looking at their profile, and nothing's really jumping out at me. They're old. They're old. That's usually, by the way, that's usually not something that you lead with. Like, what are your strengths? <laughs> we're so old. A bunch of old guys. We're older. <laughs> than the, old man strength is real. We're older than the Orlando Magic. We're They're long. older than the Thunder. They're long. They are long. And we str- we've struggled against long teams. Old and long. Okay. Long. Okay. That's old. a start. Okay. <laughs> got anything else? Uh, they won some games. They okay. got a good coach. They won some All games. Right, now we're getting somewhere. They, they got a slogan. I'm a little worried about teams with slogans. Yeah, I like this. Doesn't KU have a slogan? A pretty... Historic one? No, no, no. This is a, a season, season slogan. A season. Like, like so, they, you know, they got one, like you're putting shirts on for the season. Something okay. organic that happens. Yeah, like, I don't know, like a royal. Remember the royals did the, 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 the thing with the. Well, now every year it's just like forever royal or still, yeah, yeah, yeah. still royal. Always royal. But, the best but the, one was with the Tony Pena, right? I mean, exactly. it's, it's, it's something that came out. We believe. Randomly. Believe. Yeah. Believe. So tell us about the slogan. So in the game they were down, I can't remember which game. They had a camera. Oh, you know, you know Biggie's hoops. They got the camera over the huddle. And Cooley's saying, you know, we got to be tougher. We got to be tougher. This is a street fight. You're stronger than them. You're tougher than them. And then he looks at them, each of them, and he says, be that dude. Be them dudes. Be them dudes. Be them dudes. One at a time, pointing at them, each, each, single, each, each of the players. Be them dudes. And I was like, I kind of like be them dudes. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> so now they got shirts. What does be them dudes mean to I you? I don't know. Oh, it doesn't matter. You, it's a slogan, dude. It opens the world. It's what matters yeah. to them. And they, now they got shirts saying we them dudes. They got in corporate. They sold out. John Fanta, the guy that out. we just talked to, interviewed Watson after the game and said, hey, how you feeling about that, uh, that big win that you guys had there? And he said, at the very end of it, you know, oh, it was a great win, blah, blah, blah. We them dudes. That's the last thing he said. I heard it. You know, I like everything about Bill Self, like the way he, he conducts his business, but the only thing that's missing is him pointing at his guys saying, be them, be them dudes. dudes. Be them dudes. Be them dudes. We don't have that. He doesn't do that. From a X's and O's standpoint, um, again, it's tough to find things that they're really good at, but if I had to start somewhere, this isn't necessarily the profile, the makings of a national championship team. Uh, they get to the free throw line Okay. a lot. Uh, so does Duke. That's a Duke thing. Yeah, they get to the line a lot. They are tall and long, as you mentioned, Kevin. And old. We and old. Yeah, we, we did mention <laughs> Don't forget old. their their exuberance <laughs> of age and wisdom. Uh, they go. Here's their starting five. Right, they're gonna go six four, six six, six seven, six eight, and six ten. That's length. That is right? length. That's size. And if it's one thing that we've talked about with the point guard position, every time people have been clamoring for Dewan to play less, it's because bigger, more physical point guards have taken advantage of him. So. I'm not saying Remy Martin is the uh, largest or girthiest man out there, but does this spell another big Remy game just knowing that you can't really afford to put your tiny little twig of a point guard out there against these grown men? Well, it'll be a chess match. I mean, you saw what worked for Creighton, and you saw what didn't work for Creighton. I mean, Ed Cooley's going to go into this game knowing uh, that this is how Remy needs to be played, and I think that's going to open up um, some some lanes for CB and Ochai. I mean, because I think you're going to have to play Remy straight up. Like, I think when Duan's in there, maybe you can cheat. But when Remy's in there, they're going to have to play him straight up. So, I mean, those those lanes may be open. They're long. 
maybe they can uh, compensate, you know, team defensively in other ways. But I, I look for, you know, a good game from Remy, but look for CB to have a big game. Look for, for Ochai to have So a needing game. to compensate for their lack of size, that's something I think we can all probably relate to. Mm. Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, sorry. I okay. thought you guys were going to have my back there on that <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> look, at, at the end of the day, I think KU has the leg up here, right? I mean, at the, at, sure. the, at the end of the day, we're seven and a half point favorite. Feels about right. And it, it's going to take a good, a great game from Providence to win the game. Can KU win with a good game? Maybe, but they're going to need a good game. I think we know that we can't, we can't be the first half Creighton against this team. They got to play better. And I think they will. Yeah. And Creighton's coming in with a full head of steam. Providence. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Providence. This is big East, big East. Yeah, they're, all the same. Understandable. they're all the same. Seton uh, Hall, whatever. Yeah, it's, all, it's all one. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Providence coming in with a, the full head of steam. Like their fans were chanting. We want Kansas mm. at the end of their mm. game. Like, they, they had a blowout win. They were probably feeling great. They're feeling it. They're, they're feeling it right now. But when you go uh, uh, into the United center on Friday, when the ball tips up, you've got a team that, is ready to play. I mean, and you can see it with your eyeballs. You can look at Mr. Ken Pomeroy. You can look at Mr. Bart Torvik and say, uh, <laughs> however you want to look at it, this is a really good team um, going in there, going in there to face Providence. And, uh, you know, if we can go in there and run, we can go in there and play our game and make shots, you know, as Bill Self would say, we can go in there and make shots. I think we've got a really good chance to win. Are you on the same boat as John Fanta? You think this is a, a narrow win for Kansas? I don't want to say this out loud you don't want to say I, what you're about I, to say what i'm about to say don't just, just whisper it just, yeah. can i whisper it can you, you whisper it, are pretty good. if you like, whisper so it less people will hear it maybe you know turn your volume down in your car but i think we blow them out Ooh. Is well, you're not supposed to say that. Jesus Christ, I, man. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I, I really keep it do. down would you i think this is a game where we can really take advantage of them Oh I think goodness. we're going to run. I think we're going to force a lot of turnovers. I think we're going to dunk the ball a lot. Kevin, oh, you no, love dunks. dunks. I love dunks. Wait for the dunks. <laughs> You're going to love the dunks. up a little bit when I heard dunks. Right? <laughs> uh, if we I mean, get four dunks, we win the game by 20. I don't think Ochai <laughs> has this many average games in a row. I think he's due for a huge one. Ochai turnaround narrative. I like that. Love, yeah, here it is. And, and CB, he, he needs to, if he wants to go pro, CB's got to show out. This is his game to do that. I. I don't know. I, I kind of like it to be a close game. Okay. Well, we can't count our chickens before they hatch, but still, if Kansas is fortunate enough to uh, follow that prophecy by Andrew and move on, they're going to be facing the winner of a 10 11 showdown between Iowa state and Miami. What would that matchup look like? We'll get into that next. And we'll fire up the NCAA tournament edition of the hot take factory. This is Jayhawk talk radio on Six Ten sports radio. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Nick Schwert with Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, and Nolan Brooks. We got Dusty Likens coming up from 7 to 9 o'clock. You can commiserate your Tyreek Hill. Chiefs misery will resume in approximately 15 minutes. But for now, we're talking hoops. We're talking March Madness. The Jayhawks are still alive, headed to the Sweet 16 with a, what I would call, favorable matchup mm -hmm. against a Providence team as a four seed. But if they are to move on, to the Elite Eight, they will be facing the winner, who had this one in their brackets, of Iowa State and Miami, the 11 and 10 seeds in the Midwest region. So take your pick. Do you want to see T.J. Otzelberger 
and those schmedium polos that he's <laughs> rocking on the sidelines, or do you want to see the old grizzled veteran? No, I'm not talking about Charlie Moore. I'm oh, talking okay. about Jim oh, Laranega. Uh, I yeah, I, I I think I want Iowa State. I think it'd be fun to have a Big Twelve matchup. It'd be good for the conference. For my household, I'm not so sure. My my wife went to Iowa State, so I'm not sure how That's that your would. Fault. That's your fault. <laughs> that, that, you you created this problem. Yeah, but it's a problem I'll have to deal with. But I mean, I, it'll make for a fun Sunday. Maybe, maybe it will. It may well, not. If yeah. KU, of course, if KU went, we're, we're we're treating this as if it's a two game tournament, just like right. Bill Self. Like, Everybody scouts these teams. We're not saying KU is getting past Providence. We're doing said they're going to blow them out. Ad- but, advanced scout. <laughs> hey, I'll stand by that. I, the people have said on the text line like they're going to lose because I said that. I'm standing by it. Okay, I'm going to. I've got conviction, and I want the people at home to know my conviction, even though I whisper. Let me tell you one thing. We got the Cyclones versus. The Hurricanes. Oh, in, wow. Wait for this. The Windy City. Oh. <laughs> wait, I got one more. Oh, no. Please stop. And Cameron McGusty <laughs> is the leading scorer in that oh, game. <laughs> How about that? I'm, I'm done. If How about you, that? I'm done. You I'm turning a, off the mic. I'm going to dive out that window. I'm out of here. You're a See weather y'all. enthusiast. Get your tickets now. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? No. I, I mean, I, did, I hadn't put it all together. Huh. That's uh, the Windy City part. That's an, yeah, that's, and I got it. Right? And I got it. McGusty. I, yeah. Did you get it, guys? <laughs> no, yeah, we picked it all Everybody up. Everybody got it? All right, Yeah, cool. we did. Is it surprising at all to see you guys having is it, watch Charlie Moore have this level of success? I love it. Good old friend Charlie. alert. Good for old, Chuck. Yeah, definitely old friend alert. Um, Tristan Inarua also yeah, uh, for Iowa State. Uh, you know, he's had an up and down season. But Charlie Moore... You know, it seems like it was so long ago that Charlie was here. And this is, you know, this is Charlie's fourth school. He was at Cal uh, his freshman year, transferred to Kansas. Wait, who's been on more teams? I think Charlie Moore or Jalen Coleman-Lands? I think the same. And they were both at DePaul for for a But were they teammates? That's a great comment. Like, I don't know. Do we know? DePaul is this great, like, uh, farm system for mid-major programs to get, uh, you know, guys to fill out their roster. Yeah. I actually see... I know that there's going to be vibes of 2011 VCU of of trying to overlook these teams, but it's not just that these teams aren't great, like in terms of seed line, like the they're not good on paper and both of them, you can go and look at the advanced metrics and they, a a lot of these teams have taken massive leaps based off of two impressive games, but that's what happens when you pull off upsets and beat teams that you're not supposed to beat. Like in Ken Palm's algorithm, that is going to leapfrog you 20 spots in the case of Miami. But again, if we're looking at the mountain of evidence of who these teams are on paper, Kansas is likely, I mean, you're a betting enthusiast, right? Like Kansas is going to be what a 10 point favorite versus either of those teams. Yeah. I think Jesse Newell uh, had this somehow, but it was uh, an eight point favorite versus Iowa state and a 10 point favorite over Miami. I'm not sure how he reached those numbers, but that sounds about right. Do we have to have nerves? Cause I don't have any nerves about uh, an oh elite eight matchup versus one of those teams. I don't think so either. And especially, so if you think back to VCU, TJ Altsberger like younger than me, man. Dude, I got <laughs> nerves no matter what. I'm a wreck this time of year. <laughs> why would, why was VCU so tough in 2011? Like they were a crazy defense that you had a day to prepare for. We've seen Iowa State. That's true. We've seen it. We know exactly. And they've played us close. It's not like we're going to overlook them. I, uh, I'm not like, worried. It's just, will I have nerves? So those are two questions. Yeah. 
Yes, I'll, I will have ner- I will have March tournament nerves no matter who we play. I, I guess have March I, ter- tournament nerves against nerves. Texas Southern. Additional nerves though, like yes, to go to a Final Four, of course. But you know, beyond what, like you, you've got your baseline nerves, okay. what you should have. Do you th- would you be above that? Would it be Auburn? KU nerves? Like if I th- let's say Auburn steamrolled to the that's the better the question, day? right? I think I'll have better better nerves, better feeling nerves than okay. that. That's all. That's all I want. Just, be, so, just yeah. slightly better feeling nerves. But I mean, uh, we know these teams. These teams aren't like crazy, doing crazy different things. Like with like, they're just solid teams. That they're won, playing well. That won great games yeah. uh, early in the tournament. They're all experienced. Like if you look at the three remaining teams in Kansas's yeah. bracket: Providence, five seniors; Iowa State, their main their main lineup, four seniors; Miami, main lineup, three seniors. One of them's Charlie Moore, who counts as like a seventh year <laughs> senior, and then one junior. So they all would and, – and you could say the same thing for Kansas, right? Like um, Jalen Wilson's a sophomore, but he's been here for three years. Ochai and Dave could both play another season if they wanted to. So I don't know how you guys feel on the experience, but the one thing that does sort of give me a little bit of pause is that there have been times this year where KU has shown a lack of poise, late-game situations. I think back to the Texas game in Austin, the very sure. next game – Oklahoma should have put them away, couldn't hit free throws down the stretch. I think to the TCU game where you were down 10 in the first half and you were playing like you were down 40. These teams, regardless of who KU faces, I don't think is going to show a lack of poise at any point because unlike Kansas, they're playing with nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Just blow them out. There you go. That's the the solution. I still like seven and a half in that Providence game because we're going to get up by 13. And then just like we have every game, Make it interesting under the under the under the under four. Well, you saw that with Texas Southern. Bill put the starters back in. Jesus, <laughs> I was so <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> uh, if you had a little bit of a scare, not that there was any scare, but Bill, oh, twenty. Yeah, he he put the, he put the starters back in. No. Are you guys expecting the Remy Martin, the March Remy Martin that we've seen to continue? Is I there am. any reason to expect it not to keep being this difference maker off the bench? I am, and here's why. He seems to be the only guy on the team who is having a blast in the NCAA tournament and in, even back to postseason altogether. He is coming off the bench smiling, having a good time, loose. It's almost like people feed off that a little bit. You talked about a 7-0 run. Everyone else is tight. Bill Self is tight. They're all tight. They're always tight. Remy Martin does not try strike me as he a He doesn't do a, tight. He doesn't do mm-hmm. tight. And I like that. I, I think that's a trait that can translate game to game in, in, in March. Remy needs to take him on a tour. Take him over to Navy Pier. Get on the, the Ferris wheel. <laughs> like, let's go to our full Remy, a social experience. Put some smiles on faces. Get ready for Friday. Can we fire up the hot take factory? Let's do it. Let's do it. Can we do some NCAA tournament <laughs> hot takes? Where do you want to start? Who wants to start us off? Andrew? I've got a good one here. Uh... It's on the other side of the bracket. I'm going to tell you. This is a pretty hot take, guys. Get ready. He's sitting down. Don't take mine. Duke is going to make the final four, and they're going to play North Carolina. Oh, that would be fun. Is a little blue blood. A blue blood final four wouldn't be so bad. Zion's going to show up for that game down there in New Orleans. You know, yeah. Get ready for it. It's oh, a, Zion's, a, Zion's going to be there. Yeah, Zion's going to be there. The big beignet. He, he's, <laughs> he's nowhere else to be found other than on Instagram. And he's going to show up to that game. So there you go. We got a rematch of Coach K's final ACC. Remember game. when we talked about when Ochai got his red shirt pulled and we said that he. And not Zion Williamson is the false or that Zion Williamson Williamson is a false prophet. <laughs> yes. And that that Ochai Abaji was the next coming of uh, of of Michael Jordan. Yeah. We said that on our podcast. Not joking. We were very serious. 
And I still stand by that. Zion's a false prophet. Zion's a false yeah. prophet. <laughs> Otai is the real guy. I mean, uh, so far, you guys are on the right track. Here is mine. I got St. Peter's. What? To cover 12 and a half. Uh, <laughs> right? That's not is that, that good? hot. That's is that good, warm. guys? That's not right? that hot. You I just really want to You took the biggest linings. I just really want to deal with St. Peter's. So they could still lose by double digits and your take hits. And I would I, not only would my take hit, my bet would win, too. I have a counter to your take, Andrew. Okay. And it is that not only is Duke not going to the Final Four, but Coach K's career is going to be ended by a high school librarian named Mark Adams. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I Texas like that. Tech is taking down Duke in the Sweet 16. I I'm a big fan don't think that's that hot because I think Texas Tech is their favorite. favorite. No, don't ignore the line. Uh, their favorite. Ignore the line. It's a hot take. I, Another one I kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I think I... I, I I'm going to say my hot take was the Duke, but like the Texas Tech's playing great. I mean, he's got, he's got him ready to go. I mean, Duke hasn't seen defense like that. That's Texas Tech in the elite eight. I can see it. I hope so. Here's one other than KU. No one seeds make the final four. Ooh, so okay. no Gonzaga, no, no Arizona. Arizona. You got Houston. What do you think? I got Houston. So yeah. that means you're taking Kansas to the final four. I said other than KU. Okay. Well, that's not that hot, but no, that's not the hot. That take. concludes the hot take. Factory. Not the hot take. NCAA tournament <laughs> edition. Well, I hope you're right. I hope we're back next Wednesday talking about a potential final four matchup. Can we get more than one hour? I'll Are see they going to trade do? Pat Mahomes on that day I'll or something? I'll put in a word with the guy upstairs. Are they going to trade Pat Mahomes? What are they going to do next Wednesday to screw I this swear up? to God. If Travis Chiefs, Kelsey retires. Or... Yeah. If Travis Kelsey retires for a broadcasting career, if he takes over with Al Michaels on Amazon, oh I'm going to lose my freaking <laughs> mind. But until then, this has been Jayhawk Talk Radio. Big thanks to John Fanta for joining us. For Nolan Brooks, Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, I'm Nick Schwert. This has been Jayhawk Talk Radio. Dusty Likens coming up next. All right, we are back and we are joined by longtime guest and friend. One, one of the first guests. One of the first guests back in the Texas Tech days. We got Brian Haney joining the show. Welcome, Brian. Man, how far we've all come since those days. How about that? <laughs> Big time show on 610. Texas Tech suddenly has a perennial NCAA contending program, <laughs> and our Jayhawks are knocking on the door of another Elite Eight. So, yeah, life is good, man. Great to be on with you guys. Well, thanks for being here. Are you in Chicago? I am. Just literally got in 10 minutes ago, and you guys are the first ones I'm talking to. So great to uh, talk about this matchup with Providence and, and hopefully a chance to punch our tickets to New Orleans. Let's jump right in. What are your thoughts about this matchup with Providence? Well, I, I think that obviously it's a super talented, super veteran-laden team that, as Coach Self said, in, in some regards, looks a little bit similar to us. Uh, they've been shooting lights out coming in. You hope that that reverts back to the mean average. I think there's been a lot of talk this week. Uh, our buddy Nick Schwert had a great tweet about the number of teams that have shot better than 40% with double-digit makes from three against Kansas in March Madness since 2017, five of them, in fact, and six other you know, perennial title contender teams that had a combined total of five against them. And so... You hope the hot shooting that we saw out of Providence last round versus Richmond in really the first couple of games uh, you know, starts to uh, cease and desist because clearly while they've got some capable scorers and shooters, they're not going to 
do it like that every single night. And for Kansas, that would be a recipe for disaster. But it is, you know, as, as matchups go, one of the more long-in-the-tooth veteran-type clubs we could have faced. And yet so, too, are we in many regards. And, and so I think that that's, that's a push in that regard. But I, I like KU's chances, not just with this one, but with the next two opponents that could lurk in an Elite Eight matchup should they make it that far. Obviously, the bracket has broken very well for us, and yet we don't have to go too far back to remember previous years like 2011 when we thought everything was falling into place, and you still have to go out there and win it. And I think Bill Self said it best a month ago before any madness began that this particular year in college basketball, parity being what it is, that anybody in the top 30 can beat anybody on any given night. And every year in March Madness, certainly you have upsets, but particularly this year, you saw it in college basketball. And so, you know, clearly last weekend with all the carnage there was uh, on the high seed lines and the fact that TCU had Arizona on the ropes and, and dead to rights were it not for a, a blown call at the end of regulation. The fact that Gonzaga was down double digits at halftime in their matchup with Memphis. I mean, it's, it's amazing, uh, you know, what it could have looked like had some of those scores held up. That's a, a, a warning or a wake-up call to teams like Kansas that they got to bring it no matter who's lining up across from them. But it's also exciting if you are able to hold serve to think about you know what could happen in some of these other regions where very clearly uh, there are some very tough opponents in front of Gonzaga where it's all chalk out west, seeds one through four. Look at Arizona and what they have in front of them with Houston. And then, of course, the possibility of Nova lurking in the Elite Eight. I mean, there could be some major dominoes following that Kansas will never have to worry about if they can just take care of their own business up here in Chicago. And obviously, that's very, very exciting. You know, we see how this bracket lays out. And we saw, you know, how we played uh, this past weekend. So it's really fun in this area, in Lawrence and Kansas City, to, to as a fan, to, to go through this week. We're feeling a sense of relief a sense of anxiety, but what's the feeling in the program? Like, how are the players uh, feeling? Well, what have you, you gotten from the team? You know, I, I sense that they're dialed in and they recognize that, that they were pushed to the brink by an underhanded, shorthanded Creighton team. And yet they understand that you got to survive in advance. They don't want to apologize for, you know, barely winning against a club that was basically playing six guys and, they, uh, at the same time, understand that if you're going to win six this month, usually along the road to the Final Four and a possible Monday night in April, you have to win ugly one of those games. And so they did that. They're confident. They're, they're excited that Remy Martin is playing at a level that now you know we all had fathomed and, and dreamed of him possibly getting to. But probably a couple of weeks back, a month back, would not have guessed he would have gotten to this point. I remember going back to – you know, the last week of the regular season on the heels of back-to-back losses in Waco and Fort Worth and, and Coach Self telling us, you know, we're 0-2 since he's come back. I'm not sure how this is going to work out. And it's a lot of questions there. And there was, even from the head coach's chair, still optimism that the pieces would eventually fit. But there was also some soul-searching going on, like, well, are we better with Joe and Jalen, Coleman Lands, that is? Uh, or will Remy eventually settle in and thank goodness he has because obviously Ochai's shooting numbers have diminished rapidly over the last four weeks from mid-range on out to three and most of his scoring efficiency has come on rim finishes in that time and big dunks but uh, the fact that Remy 
has, has started to scratch the surface of that potential that we all dreamed of for him and the fact that he's now clearly in the Bill Self circle of trust. Mm-hmm. I was saying during the Kansas City week up in, in uh, the Big 12 tournament that he was like Greg Fokker and, and trying to get into his father-in-law's <laughs> circle of trust and the Fockers and, and Robert De Niro was giving him the stiff arm and keeping him out. Well, finally, Remy is, is he's in. Uh, like I Greg, think he's in. one over the father-in-law, you know, and, and if we're not for Remy, we wouldn't be talking today, guys, or we'd be talking doing a, a season wrap-up show because he absolutely saved our tails versus Creighton. So I think to answer your question, Andrew, it, it's a club that recognizes they were pushed to the brink, and yet they know that even though Fort Worth wasn't necessarily anywhere near our best ball, we were playing close to our best ball before that, and they think they can easily get back to that groove. And if you've got a guy like Remy now hitting on all cylinders, that's just icing on the cake. But to me, the big key is getting Ochai to see the ball go through the net again. You might have been able to get by to round a 32 opponent without him at his best, but you're going to need the cream to rise to the top and have that first-team All-American, Wooden and Naismith finalist start shooting again like the guy we saw in – November, December, January. That's the guy that we need. And so hopefully we'll see that. But CB sounded dialed in when I talked to him yesterday. Jalen Wilson coming off 14 and 14. You know, he's just, I, I feel like he's on a mission. You know, when he's hunting those offensive rebounds or driving the ball downhill, he's playing, you know, with an intensity and a get out of my way. I got this type of determination that the guys this time of year usually elevate too, and those are the guys that carry their teams as far as possible so I, I love the tenacity with which he's playing I love the fact that CB hit four threes in the Thursday game versus Texas Southern and I told him courtside in the post game I said man we don't call you downtown Christian Brown because we like to watch you drive it I like to watch you shoot it and that's something the coaching staff has been begging for all year that he not turn down so many outside shots we love it that he can score off the bounce but I, I think the fact that his Shooting numbers are going up, and he's feeling it and, and willing to let it fly like we saw with that huge three with about five minutes to go the other day. That's a great sign for Kansas, too. So I think you add all these things up, and, and the one factor that I really haven't mentioned is front court play. They'd obviously love to get Big Dave going after a, a week in which uh, you know he, he wasn't clearly needed to be his best but wasn't near his best either. And, you know, if you get Mitch Lights a little more healthy but also get Big Dave playing like the version we saw – versus Texas in Lawrence on senior day and the version we saw versus Texas Tech in Kansas City. That may be necessary in these next couple of matchups, and hopefully he's ready for that after the most extended time to rest up his sore foot and knee that he's had at any point all year. Well, I know you need to get out, enjoy the Windy City, but tell us one thing before you go. Who you got? How you feeling? You feel good? You said the team feels good. How are you feeling? I actually feel really good, and and you never want to feel overly confident this time of year. Like I said, anybody can beat anybody, but I think the team chemistry, Kevin, is as good as I've seen since I've been back as voice of the Jayhawks these last six years. I feel like the extra component of, of Remy coming alive, though it could probably go away as fast as it, it arrives, <laughs> it is a shot in the arm, unlike any other team in the remaining field of 16 is able to add. And so if they can just get that magic touch back from Ochai Abaji, I like the path. I like the chances, as I said earlier, of some of the, the best teams in the tournament going down before we even have to face them. And so I'm feeling pretty bullish 
but it's it's a cautious optimism in the 2022 season where if you thought college basketball's parity was getting good over the last 10 years, now with the transfer portal addition, it really has evened out tremendously. And and so to me, it is a wide open tournament. But we got a Hall of Fame coach. We got one of the three best, most talented teams still standing, and we've got a path that I think we can navigate, not just to build Self's fourth Final Four, but maybe just maybe we can dare to dream about hanging a sixth banner. Dare to dream. I'm dreaming. We're dreaming. I'm dreaming. Dream is real. (laughs) We're dreaming with you. We're dreaming with you. Well, look, Brian, hey, I think this is the fifth time you've been on our podcast. I think that's the watch version. You'll be getting the watch in the mail. Oh, I love it. Mickey Mouse watch. It's number of... uh, we used to count the number of Saturday Night Lives hosted by certain actors and actresses. And yeah. We got to five. It was a big deal. So it's a big I, deal. I feel like this is, you know, Kevin Meckley is almost to Lauren Michael status. <laughs> right there Stop too. it. So I, I, I think the, the fifth time on the, the Jayhawk Talk podcast is an equivalent to SNL hosting five times over. So thanks for having me, guys. And hopefully let's do it again from New Orleans if, uh, if everything breaks the way we want it to these next few days. I can't wait. We appreciate you, Brian. Go enjoy a nice dinner there in Chicago. Give everyone our best. Make sure you bring the good vibes. We can't wait to see what happens this weekend, and we'll talk soon, all right? Rock shock, Brian. Sounds good, fellas. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks to Mr. Haney for joining us live from Chicago, the Windy City. Looks like he's going to go get him a steak. It's windy because there's some cyclones and there's mm-hmm. a hurricane. Good one. And Cameron McGusty is coming into town. <laughs> you didn't know about that Cameron McGusty That was one, a good one. I, like I, knew the, one. I knew the other two layers of that joke, but I didn't know the Cameron McGusty joke. Uh, kudos to you. Thank but you. yeah, thank you to Brian Haney. It's always good to have him on. Uh, you know, he's close to the program, but he's got an objective viewpoint. Uh, so good, good to hear his thoughts. Uh, good to hear that the team's feeling good. But Kevin, I want to know how are you feeling? Well, so we've talked about this a little bit on the show already, and I, I hinted that I didn't quite have the same vibes you did. You're, I got vibes. You're calling heavy vibes. Super vibes. Super vibes. I'm I'm feeling. I'm kind of like Brian, cautiously optimistic, but I'm not going to come out and be like this is this is going to be a blowout. I mm. got KU winning the game, but I think Providence covers because I just don't know. If KU can win a game by double digits, I just don't know if we can. We can. We can. We will. Um, so uh, I just kind of want to lay out the the roadmap here. Like everything should feel should feel good. So the bracket has opened up for us. The the three worst teams other than St. Pete's uh, via Ken Palm are the the teams that would be in our path. Don't disrespect St. Pete's. <laughs> I love me some St. Pete's. Disrespect the Doug. I got I see that Doug got himself a Buffalo Wild Wings endorsement. That's great. And I great. But anyway, we've got the three worst teams other than St. Pete via Ken Palm that are in our way. This bracket has opened up. I think we're minus 200 to get to the final four. Oh my god. We uh our our uh, odds to win the national championship are only behind Gonzaga. And these all should be great things, but they are also very terrifying. It's bonkers. Very terrifying. Just this cultural trauma and collective trauma that we've had when this has happened before. This has happened before. Um, But there are some silver linings here. We should feel good. This team is coming together. We've got Remy. Kevin, what are you doing to allay your anxiety here? Are you just going to live in that anxiety? I'm going to live in it. There's no way I will allay anxiety until I see the buzzer, the the final buzzer saying that we have won this game. I actually will feel less anxious once we get past Providence. I'm going to say that. If we get past Providence, I'm with you from earlier. 
I will feel a little better about a potential Iowa State Miami matchup. Uh, but I, Providence is a team that gives me a, just a little bit of concern with all the things we talked about. They're long, they're old, and they got a good coach, and that they've won close games. I'm not worried about that, but the that eight and one against the spread when they're underdogs, that's a little scary. And the the seven wins straight up when they've been underdogs, that's a little scary. And obviously they're playing great right now. And I know we can say that we're coming in playing great. And I think that was true up and maybe through the Creighton game before the Creighton game, but we still have pieces who have not been playing great. We need Ochai to be good. Ochai to win this game, I think. Uh, and it's time for Ochai to step up. It's time for CB to step up. It's time for the horses that got us here to join Remy in this bill self said in his post or in his, uh, in his presser, we have yet to hit all things together. We have yet to, to hit that final, that final uh, speed of our team. And that means that Remy and Ochai both play well together. And that is when we see this team hit some ceiling. I think we need it. I don't know if we'll need it to get past Providence. I don't know if we'll need it to get past Miami or Iowa state, but we're going to need it to win a national title. And I think now is a great time to get that started. We don't have a lot of time. Don't have a lot of time. Not a lot of time to get that put together. But, you know, this is not a freshman team. This is not a team where you're going to rely on guys who've never been here before. These are, we've got experience too. I mean, we've got seniors, juniors, super seniors. We've got super duper seniors. Whatever JCL <laughs> is, whatever Mitch is, uh, we've got those guys. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I like that, you know, these experienced teams are, are making it far, you know, aside from Duke. Uh, that means that you, you, experience pays off in the end. And I think we've got not only the experience, we've got the talent, and I think we've got the team. So, Providence, you know my prediction. What is your prediction? I think we win by four points. I think it is like 75-71. Okay, is that close until the end, or are we up and then they come back and get it to within? Well, if we've seen anything from this KU team, it's they get up double digits and then make it interesting late. So <laughs> okay. I'm going to take we're up double digits in the second half, and some for some reason it's it's. But I, I actually don't think it'll be uh, a wild blow. I think it will be a good game. I, the only thing that I think we got going for us, Andrew, it's time for them to have a poor shooting night, and it is time they're due for us to have a good shooting night. We're due. That, that is what we need. We need a stress-free Sweet 16. Can we get a stress-free Sweet 16? That's you all know, I'm asking for. We have never lost to a team outside of the state of Michigan in the Sweet 16 in the Bill Self era. How about that? How about that? Uh, we've never lost to Providence either. Is, we've never lost to Providence. We've never beaten. We've never played Providence. Providence. How about that? Two-story programs. You'd think that never we would have faced each other at some point. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you one more. Uh, Iowa State versus Miami. Who do you got? Not who you want. Who do you got? I got Miami winning that game. I think the guard play is too good. I don't trust uh, that Iowa State can score. Um, you know, they've scored 54 and 59 points, I think, respectively, in the in the two games. Uh, I think Miami's going to score with them. Uh, and and But look, Miami also hasn't been playing against a team like Iowa State either. So it's a it's a clash of, of two sort of programs. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but if you, if you made me guess... I'm going to go with Miami, kind of like Miami minus the points, too. Two and a half right now is the line. Opened up at one, now two and a half. I'm going to take Iowa State. Ooh. I'm going to do it. I think right, Tej maybe is, I'll bet you instead of the juice. That's right. Tej is going to have them ready to go. Jeez. We'll see uh, Iowa State and KU on Sunday. There we are. I love it. 
All right. Well, let's get out of here, Andrew. Appreciate John Fanta, Fox Sports, coming on. Appreciate our guy, Brian Haney, coming on. We got all the radio guys on. Look at us being radio guys. We got all the radio guys coming on. Appreciate both of them coming on. Appreciate Nick Schwart, who's hanging around in the background. What's up, Nick? What up? All right. And uh, look, we can't wait for Friday. I know you guys can't wait for Friday. Let's get through this Friday. Let's get through Sunday. And let's have a blast of a show next Wednesday on 610 Sports. We will be back before then, of course, with a podcast if we were to win those two games. So hope we win. Get all your superstitious things ready. We're going to need it. Looking forward to that. Andrew, one last question. We good? Always. Rock chalk, y'all. I tried to tell him every time we on the court. I tried to tell him that we never coming up short. I tried to tell him that we came here to get the win. I tried to tell him that, that they should never let us in. They say that we the best, but I say we the greatest. That's why they try to knock us down and always seem to hate us. That's why they talk about us. They know they can never fade us. It's tradition and that Kansas pride that has truly made us. They know just how we feel. They know at Allen Field that we gonna keep it real shout out the bill this for them fans that waited off in them long lines camped out before the games and they stayed a long time every dollar that we spend just to watch our team win on a jayhawk shirt or a new clean bins with a sticker on the back with the k and the u uh-huh yeah baby that'll make you say oh we at the top of the top just like we should be started from the bottom thanks to what james could see Dr. Naismith made a game for man, changed lives for the players, and did the same this for, for the fans. This for my J-Hawks fans, for my J-Hawks. This for my J-Hawks fans, for my J-Hawks. This for my J-Hawks fans, for my J-Hawks. Hawks. And if you love it, then I love it, cause we Hawks, baby. This for my J-Hawks fans, for my J-Hawks. This for my J-Hawks fans, for my J-Hawks. This for my J-Hawks fans, for my J-Hawks. And if you love it, then I love it, cause we hawks, baby. All them years that we've been cheering, everything that we've been hearing, all them spreads that we've been clearing, never been no team we fearing, and look how Bill got us steering, all them tournaments appearing, with no team that's interfering, nine times get to cheering, with them banners held high, and the crowd going wild, night before the final four, you can't even sleep now, yeah we at the peak now, we can't even leap down, March Madness, man, we've been waiting weeks now, if you a Hawks fan, go ahead and hold them ones high shout out to the booster showing love in the alum now i'm speaking for the fans even though i'm just one guy we appreciate the love love won't run dry imagine the state of kansas with no jayhawks that's like having no streets but trying to jaywalk they see us as support and we see them on the court so we keep it loud and do our best so we don't come up short we win together and we lose together but win or lose we still booze together struggles in my life will change me as a man but one thing that'll never change i'll be a jayhawk fan i ain't even gotta really say it this one for the fans
offense, that's why I made it. March Madness, here we can't be faded. Rock J Hawk in your faces. I ain't even gotta really say it. This one for the fans, that's why I made it. March Madness, here we can't be faded. Rock J Hawk in your faces. This for my J Hawk fans, for my J Hawks. This for my J Hawk fans, for my J Hawks. It's for my J-Hawk fans, for my J-Hawks, Hawks. And if you love it, then I love it, cause we Hawks, It's for my J-Hawk fans, for my J-Hawks. It's for my J-Hawk fans, for my J-Hawks. It's for my j